You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. I was going to say, um, Captain Frankie, right? Captain Frankie, Swinigan, and uh, and Jan uh, Swinigan. They are the ones who run the Salvation Army office in Hidalgo County. But as in all marriages, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, yeah. Uh, he's outranked, right? <laughs> he's only captain. Jan, who's in the studio with us right now, she's the major, right? So she outranks him. Um, is he okay? He's like, yeah, he's all right. He just has a respiratory infection that's uh-huh. kind of led him to no voice this okay. morning. He wasn't watching like the Cowboys game and yelling at the TV again. Uh, so, not okay. this time. All right. Well, what did you need, Freddie? You need to turn this way. Who, who does? I do. I do. Oh, that's right. My camera's over here. I'm sorry, Freddie. <laughs> They're looking at that beautiful head of hair. No, I'm probably putting my ear <laughs> on the camera. Yeah, we're doing the Facebook Live thing. It is the way things are these days, you know, everybody got to go online. It might have been yelling at the Real Madrid Barcelona game, but that oh, was a couple weeks ago. Um, speedy recovery, Frankie. <laughs> uh, good to see you again, friend. Thank you so much. Oh, now, I, I saw at the local Walmart a, a huge bin. Yes, we were collecting some school supplies. Okay. Are, are you done with that program? Yeah, or? we're okay. done with that. Yeah, because uh, school's up and running again. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh my goodness! It's already and uh, August end of August will be here, and then we're you know slowly doing the descent final approach to the annual event, which you know is the uh, well. I'm already there. We've already yeah. been having meetings uh, for the uh, the annual. As I don't know, I think we've been doing this for uh, like a decade plus with the Salvation Army office, where you know we've got the um, the Angel Tree program, uh-huh. and uh, like right now you probably are. Starting to take applications for We are families, actually right? September 19th. Our mm-hmm. online uh, application system will open for the community to start taking applications for those families that we can help this Christmas. Yeah. Make a dollar go farther and provide hope by providing gifts for their children. Major Jan Suniga, uh, her husband Frankie, Frankie Suniga, he's captain only. Yes. You know? um, they're running the show here at Hidalgo County Salvation Army Office. And a reminder of all the many services that they provide, because they're the only family shelter. It saddens me to say after all these years that you're still the only family shelter in Hidalgo County. You know, I just learned that this morning. Yeah. Like, it just seems natural to me for there to be more family shelters, but I did not realize till this morning that we were the only one. You and Frankie, uh, what other areas, what other markets have y'all worked um and so we've been in austin which there is a family shelter Mm -hmm. uh we've been in uh waxahachie which is ellis county outside of dallas that was a great place to be and Mm -hmm. we've just left orange texas Mm -hmm. um a great small county and community over on the uh louisiana texas border did all of these places have more than one family shelter actually um in in Orange County, the Army actually did not have a shelter. At all. They ran it in Jefferson County and Beaumont, mm-hmm. but the they had more than one. Uh, they had a, a major family shelter that was not run by the Army. In Austin, they actually run the biggest family shelter for the city. Um, and I think there's one or two smaller ones. I've never asked. Look, y'all know what it is like to run a family shelter uh, and all the complexities and legalities and all that stuff oh yeah just in shelter in general right um why is it you think because we have the resources we are filthy rich in this country Mm. and and there's so many denominations and independent churches i mean they got million dollar plus 
sound systems and video systems. They looked like they got better looking systems than the local IMAX theater, it, mm-hmm. it seems at times. Uh, we have the reason. Why is it that we don't have more family you shelters know, sh- in your mind? Um, shelters in general, but even more family shelters, they are not easy to run. Um, a lot of people think it's just providing housing, but it requires a lot much more. Just like you said, there's so much in the security aspect. We think we can just leave people in a building, let them be. But in the day and age where we live, you are responsible for other adults being around those children. For example, a lot of shelters, if they don't have the family space and they try to help a family, they might put uh, a parent in with children. Think if you had only a father and they had daughters, you couldn't put them in the room with the fathers and you couldn't put them in the room with the mothers because the father couldn't be in there. And then also in the bathroom area. Most of our shelters are built for communal. Um, And when you have the supervision and the safety aspect that you have to take on with children, you have so much mental health issues in shelters that actually defeat people who want to help because they don't know how to work with that population. And it requires one of our hard things is we can't keep our door open 24 seven because it requires the staff. And it's becoming harder and harder now for nonprofits, not just for us to be able to operate because the, the price of, of operating is going up. Think of it um, at, a, at the restaurants, fast food, a worker can get paid $16 an hour. I can't afford that at an entry level, which would be a shelter monitor. Yeah. The more um, we can do is based on the support of the community. And in this time, it's harder for people. Uh, even companies are having to relook at how they allocate do- dollars. Grants are getting stricter on, are you working with others? Are you partnering? Or are you just trying to do it yourself? Because they want to see that you're in the business of, of giving the most help to the person as the best possibility and that we step aside and be humble in the factor that someone else can come along with us and help us do that work. It doesn't have to be me uh, doing it all myself. And and the way it is for nonprofits nowadays, we don't have the money to, to provide all of those services and all of that staffing. At a time when inflation is hitting everything that you're buying and all of the strat of, of services and uh, supplies that you And need who to are people coming to look to yeah, to do it? After, yeah. And the realization is it's getting harder and harder. And so we continue to pray for God's support um, through the people who support us. And so we thank you for what you give Major Jan Zuniga in the studio here at KURV, catching up to speed with our family at the Salvation Army office. We're going to start hearing a lot more of the Salvation Army now that we're entering the fall season uh, and, of course, the annual campaigns that we have. All I know, Jan, is if the Salvation Army figured out how to open up a, a family shelter, I'm convinced, beyond doubt, Amiga, that even, look, maybe a, a super-sized, big-budgeted uh, mega church doesn't want to take the jump, but by denomination level, there's so many different branches mm. of of Christian faith. Uh, by denom the Baptist, the Assemblies of God, the Church of God, the you know collectively Methodist, Presbyterians, if they want to pull together their resources, there's got to be a way. We can't. I'm convinced that we can meet the need. It's praying for uh, the ability of our hearts to be broken down to not to mean this in a bad way, but to step aside from what um, we feel that we have to do in joining together. Um, That is the only way, because a shelter is a massive 
there's the massive expense of the building maintenance, of the staff and supervision, of the programs to help, of the ability to meet uh, the safety issues and provide in those factors of, uh, you know, just providing shelter. Well, there's the factor of you have so many families that. But you know what's beautiful is that the Salvation Army with the multiple family shelters and the decades of experience, it's like the playbook Y'all have written it. Mm. Y'all have gotten written on the on the playbook. Anybody that genuinely, any ministry, any denomination, any presbyter, anybody out there that's tuning in right now listening, say, you know what, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to answer the call. It's time to be his hands, his feet, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the, the hungry, the naked. You know, let's do something before we finally get called away from here in this yeah. brief time that we have. Call the Salvation Army. Uh, they've got, you guys have the playbook on how to get it done. It's hard. It's not easy. Mm-mm. But, you know, that's, we, we didn't get promised sunshine and lollipops when we accepted Christ. It's, it's a hard cross. It's a difficult cross that we yeah. carry. But no one else is going to do it. What, we're going to depend on the state to take care of everything? Well, and even just that, talking to my social service director, we were like, what are dreams that we have? And we were talking about this factor of a, a key part of, of our hearts, my husband and I coming in, is how can we um, learn to work together more? How can we partner together more? And I know her biggest dream is the factor of how could we create a place where individuals who are in need would have one stop, where they could get uh, in that building, there would be an office for people to have that social security connection. There'd be people to have uh, the the connection to start leading towards a Salvation Army or towards leading towards this agency or this agency, like uh, a yeah. problem that we, one of the things on our heart is we want to help people, like if they come to our building, if we can't help you, we want to resource you exactly to where you go. Yeah. But so many people are getting pushed from here to here to there. What if we could have this ability, like her dream is to have this one place. And there are some cities where they do do that. Where that factor is, they're looking at, okay, how can we all gather in one place to be that first point so that they're not running all over? And so the factor is, yeah, if someone was interested, we'd be willing to partner with them and work with our resources beyond us. Because one of the things about our structure is that we have... The we have a, a department for social service at our state level who is a lady who understands these things to a greater level than what I do mm-hmm. and will help walk so- alongside us, you know. Major Jan Zuniga in studio at KURV from the Salvation Army office in Hidalgo County. And let me segue real quick to what's coming, which is the Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas already at Costco. At Home Depot, they're selling decorations and My husband <laughs> sings Christmas songs all year long. Like, it is his favorite time of the year. People think he's crazy because yeah. he loves those bells that you hear at Walmart. Yeah, and that's that's two things. That's, it's the bells, <laughs> the, the bell ringing campaign. Yes. And, of course, the uh, the Angel Tree program. Yes. First up, do you have a property already that you will use for Angel Tree, The as I call it, the uh, the Santa or a baby Jesus warehouse where you process ah, all, all the things. Do you you have know one what? Already? We have been given an amazing gift 
through an amazing individual in this community who donated money uh -huh. um, for us to be able to build our own warehouse. So we're going to have that up and running. So we have gotten the keys. We are actually looking at setting a dedication date ah, with the Chamber of Commerce excellent. in October. Thank um, you, so Jesus. that date's not finalized with them, but yeah. we're looking towards the middle of October. After, um, you know, we're so thankful for Valvera Casa who is hosting a golf tournament at the beginning of October. And um, they have committed that in their golf tournament, they want to benefit our program for kids and Christmas. Jesus, and awesome. so we're thankful for Volvera Casa for doing that golf tournament. Um, and But after that, then a couple of weeks, we're going to um, do that ribbon cutting and we're going to allow people to come in and see the space right behind our main Excellent. building Excellent. Um, in which the families where we will collect all of those gifts. We will prepare all those gifts. In fact, we're looking for volunteers, not just to help shop for kids, but to come into the warehouse and join me in seeing the process of putting it together the distribution, as well as then the distribution okay. day. So right. we're going to allow people to come in and see the whole thing. The golf tournament to benefit the Angel Tree program. Again, thank you to Volvera Casa. Uh, it's a home health agency, right? Volvera yes, Casa. a home health And the, the many supporters have been giving gifts and things to give away for the golf tournament for the Salvation Army. Again, tell me the date. And if or we still, I guess we're still putting so teams together, the, right? Um, the Volver Acasa Golf Tournament. Their tournament is on Monday, August. Not sorry, Monday, yeah. October 9th. Uh -huh. um, they are still, from what I heard from um, them, is that they are still looking for teams. Okay. There are still few some sponsorship spots. And um, so they are still looking for people who would come alongside and come enjoy playing golf, sign up and sponsor a team, and know that all of that money is going back to help um, approximately 2,500 children this Christmas. It will be for the clothing. It will be for the toys. It's mm -hmm. just a, a, it's a, a massive fun. Going to help you meet all the need. Now, the other program, because right now is the perfect time mm -hmm. to get the word out. For everything from fellowship to Christian athletes, uh, local Bible clubs, praise and worship groups, mm. different uh, companies, uh, nursing outfits, the different folk. And, of course, I know winter Texans. They're not here yet. <laughs> They'd be crazy <laughs> to come here right now with 110-degree <laughs> weather. But uh, the, the local folks that can provide teams to ring the bell at the almost 50 locations that we could have up, up and running. This is the time to... To volunteer to, to so sing. yeah like we provide this amazing opportunity that is the easiest thing for people to do yeah is to come and just ring that bell at those locations if you got a walmart in your community you're going to end up seeing us in the whole county yeah. what people don't realize is we're not just looking for volunteers in mccallan we're looking for those far out stretches to the whole county where um, they see those bells. And what people don't realize is by volunteering, you put a dollar back into your community because all of that money during that big national campaign that the Salvation Army has at Christmas, it's our biggest fundraiser in Hidalgo. All of that money that goes in there, whether it's big or small, stays mm -hmm. here locally in Hidalgo County to serve our residents. And I've seen this through the years. The only thing that is limiting the between 50 and 60 kettles from hitting the community the only thing that's limiting is the lack of manpower it the is. lack of volunteers so the, right now being mid-august uh, amigo you probably thought about this in the past maybe you get your law firm your nursing outfit your business you guys would dedicate one day and send uh, a team of you know five or six people to to you know take shifts and go ring the bell somewhere out there uh, please call the salvation army 
and put your name down on the list and let's figure it out how what day of we can put you on the list. I have a great a story week. for you. Okay. So last year in the community we were in, we had a ring off. We had a ring off between the mayors. We had a ring off between the top like uh, chemical plant companies. We had a ring off against the top football coaches in the area. And they only rang for an hour. They could pad their kettles. But the mayor in orange, like he can go anywhere. His family doesn't like going out with him because people always want to stop and talk. And he always talks. <laughs> oh, he Dad, I want to go home now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they're like, I don't want to go with yeah. you anywhere. You take forever. Well, he came and rang for me for an hour. And we were laughing so hard on Facebook together because he says no one wants to stop and talk to me today. He's like, I'm just asking hey, how you doing? How you going? While he's ringing that bell and singing songs and they're like, hey, I don't want the mayor to like yeah. make me feel bad, right? And so uh, we there we love the factor that if someone would, like a church Sunday school class would come along, one hour is yeah. nothing to ring that bell. In yeah. fact, most people will be like, if they can split it up in shifts, they're like, that's over already? Yeah. Like, are you serious? We, we love that. We, we split the, the – for us, we split the two-hour shift. And, and the whole f- collective here, the f- different radio stations will choose a day. And um, two hours, two hours, two hours, two hours. And they'll make – they'll have fun with it. They'll take a you know, music box with them, play some music, uh, you know, Christmas hats and things like that and it goes by like well, this. Well the great thing is you have banks that have so many branches around yeah. the county. Yeah. They can actually take a Walmart near their uh, branch That's a great idea. and do it during the work day where companies get the ability to pay their employees to volunteer and it, this provides a great opportunity for them. Please that. come back in a couple of weeks will you? Yeah most uh, early definitely. Early September. Let's, talk, let's, let's beat this thing and really this piñata. I'm sure we can get a few people <laughs> We there. can get some great candy out yeah, of it. Please. Please. Good to see you Jan. Thank you so right. much. And, and give... Frankie, a hug. unless he's contagious and it's going to make you sick, don't don't give him a hug. All right. So, <laughs> Frankie, we wish you the best, brother. Frankie Zuniga, Captain Frankie Zuniga is out there somewhere, and we got his boss, <laughs> his wife and boss, Major Jan Zuniga, in the studio. Thank Bless you so y'all. much. Yeah. Salvation Army Office in Hidalgo County. This is the Sergio Show. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. We're opening up your wallet, taking a look at some of your credit cards right now. Now, considering how uh, how enormous uh, the numbers are when it comes to use of credit card these days, as people are short on cash and they're swiping the plastic. Now, the number I'm going to share with you is a 2022 number. They said that the average American credit card balance was just shy of 5600 bucks last year, according to data from Experian. And, of course, interest rates super high as well. I think the all-time high was 20.4% the annual APR and there's others and that's an average because the other, you know the uh, there are others that are much higher than that and on during this week 
when we're expecting another interest rate hike, price of money is supposed to be a bit more expensive. Yeah, those credit card rates are going to increase as well. Financial expert Richard Barrington is my guest. Now, is is there a way, uh, Richard, that you something you could recommend yeah. to people who are, have been swiping that plastic way too much outside of telling them or bopping them upside the head, stop spending money, <laughs> control your expenses. Uh, the whole idea is to get rid of this debt before it becomes pricier. I mean, what do you tell folks that you work with to you know do the 180 and get rid of this very expensive debt? Well, you know, I talk about really four different ways of attacking uh, your credit card balance. Um, and, you know, first of all, as you highlighted, um, credit card rates are very high. And so if you look at all your debt, chances are credit card debt is the debt that you should attack first. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing uh, that I'd really suggest, and I think this, that this is very uh, relevant to, to today's labor market, labor is in strong demand. That means a lot of people are getting raises these days. Um, you can get the most out of that raise if you put it towards paying down debt. You know, let's say you're paying 20% interest on credit card debt. If you get a raise in pay for any given dollar of that raise, you could go spend it and get a dollar's worth of value out of it. Or you could use it to eliminate a dollar of debt, plus you'd be eliminating that 20% you would have had to pay in interest on that debt. So using your raise yep. to pay down debt is like getting a 20% bigger raise. 10-4. Um, plus, you know, when you do that, when you do that as soon as you get a raise, you don't get used to spending that money. So it's not even like you feel like a cut in your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one thing. Um, and that goes to using that extra money from a raise to, to uh attacking credit card debt goes to another strategy, which is to always try to pay more than the minimum required amount uh, on Absolutely. each credit card yes, bill. Yeah. And a credit card, uh, sorry, credit sesame survey found that this is a strategy people with excellent credit follow without fail. In contrast, though, uh, people uh, with, um, uh, Sorry, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau found that more than one third of cardholders pay less than 10% of their balances each month. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that number, you know, people are making new charges on that card. So it's like they're treading water at best, and they're probably also slowly sinking, you know, um, by paying just 10%. This is exactly what the credit card companies hope you'll do. Mm -hmm. Credit card companies keep the minimum payments low in an attempt to stretch your debt out for as long as possible, that way you pay more interest. Yeah, it's a racket. But you can beat them at that game yeah. by paying more than the minimum on every bill. Yeah, and what's so pathetic about this uh, this racket is that you you want a high credit score or you want to finance something, something bigger, home, vehicle, whatever it is. You need that credit score. And unfortunately, you, you need that rotating, revolving credit. You, you need that line. You need that card. In order to to develop the score, of course, you're not helping yourself by carrying the balance over and over again and expanding the debt. But as you were mentioning, like I was thinking, Dave Ramsey style, uh, the do the extra job things, get some extra money, throw it all to that, pay down the debt. Imagine how how enjoyable it will be to finally get those extra paychecks after you you pay down the debt. But I find it so unfair, um, Richard. I find it so unfair that you know you close down a credit card. 
and it hurts your credit mm-hmm. score. I mean, you talk, that's that's part of the racket. I, I, that it should not be that way. You're closing down multiple credit cards and, and then getting dinged for it, where you know your credit score hurts as a result. It should be the opposite, I think. Yeah, I, I, I know, and, and intuitively it, it seems like that because it seems like you're less uh, further extended. You know, the other thing is that, you know, credit utilization is a funny thing. 30% of your credit uh, score depends on your uh, credit utilization ratio, and that's the percentage of your available credit that you have. So let's say you and I both have a $10,000 credit limit. We both have an $8,000 balance. Now, I go to the credit company and say, hey, would you raise my uh, credit limit? And they say yes. So I now have a better credit utilization ratio than you do, even though we have the same debt. Uh And there's actually more risk that I will go deeper into debt. Um, You know, and it it is interesting, and and it's not a permanent solution. You know, you got to only use this as part of an overall program to pay down debt. But if you're right up against your limits right now, it's well worth asking the credit card company to raise those limits so you lower your ratio. Um, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York found that more than two-thirds of people who applied for a credit limit increase got approved, and yet less than 13% of credit holders had applied for a limit increase over the past 12 months. Man. So oh. at a time when many people are bumping up against their limits, that's kind of a missed opportunity. You know. I just out of obligation, I opened up a card uh, years ago, a few years back, and I, I, I didn't want much on it. I said, okay, give me 1500 bucks." And mm-hmm. before you know it, they, without notice, raised me to three. And then without notice last year, they raised me to six. Just because <laughs> every month I paid off, like whatever, gas, uh, H-E butt, go to the grocery store around here. I paid off immediately. And they, they yeah. raised me. Uh, without without notice, and I I have I thought about it telling telling them I want to call them to tell them to stop just leave it there. But am I going to mm-hmm. hurt my credit mm-hmm. score if if I tell them to stop raising my credit limit? You know, not if you no, not if you not if you don't carry a balance. I mean, you know, the way you're using a credit card is the smartest way from a consumer standpoint to use it. You're using it as a cash substitute. It sounds yes. like right. Yeah. You know. You know, so you, you, you don't have to carry cash. You just use the plastic, but then every month you transfer money from your bank to the credit card account and you're all square. Um, that's the best way to do it. And so you don't really have to worry too much about credit utilization ratio because your balance is usually at or near zero. Um, and certainly, you know, I wouldn't necessarily ask them to cut the balance, but I would, I would certainly tell them to stop uh, raising it. And by the way, I've had that same experience too. And my, you know, gut was always, look, I have less to lose if I keep the limit, you know, fairly modest. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have more to gain if they raise your limit, especially if they know you're a paying customer. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want you to fall into the trap. Another thing that I discovered uh, when I needed it for an emergency trip, uh, because I pay multiple times a month. Oh, they don't like that. Oh, they want you to pay one mm-hmm. time a month. That's a payback. And I paid multiple times a month. Well, they would decrease my available credit till the end of the month when they would reset everything. And one time I needed uh, to purchase some uh, emergency plane tickets. And I noticed that it was really, really close to the limit. So why is my credit limit so low, despite the fact that I have $6,000 ceiling? You're only giving me this much 
uh, money. And I call and say, oh, no, I say, you're paying multiple payments, and we have to wait to the end of the month to reset everything else. Well, of course, I told him, of course you want me to fall into that trap where I pay interest. No, 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 no. I'll pay cash. Thank you very much. So that's another thing to keep in mind in case you need that credit limit for an emergency. You pay multiple times. They're going to ding you. They're going to keep that uh, available credit lower on you before they reset everything at the end of the month. All right. Final thought, Richard, before I let you go. Yeah. um, Yeah. There is one more thing is to prioritize your credit card payments. Uh, You know, credit card interest rates have changed a lot over the past year. And this would be a good time to take a fresh look, see which one has the highest rate and make sure you pay down that balance first and maybe shy away from using that one so much. Not using it will hurt you too, right? Right. In some cases. Um, well, it will, for you, in a, from a credit score standpoint, yeah, um, yeah um, basically... Or they'll ding you with a fee or something like that. detract from your score, but it'll stop you from building your score. Oh, you mean a, you mean a non-usage fee? Yeah. yeah that can happen. Oh, these it's people, kind of dormant. It's a, it's a scam. It's a scam. Thank you, Richard. Financial pro Richard Barrington. This is The Sergio Show. your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's Morning News. Weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day and special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Well, let's now enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's Morning News with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. One of the financial reports over the past several days, the $1 trillion mark credit card debt. Man, at 20, 25, 29% interest rate. That's kind of scary that Americans have now crossed the trillion dollar mark when it comes to credit card debt. Paul Oster is known as America's credit repair man. All right, Paul, let's get a hold of this debt. What do you recommend? Well, try not to get into the debt in the first place. Well, that'd be nice. Really, yeah. what I recommend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now, but yeah, nailed. everybody wanted yeah. a spending spree, and, and they're not stopping. That's what's crazy. Everybody post COVID, they're still spending money after their government checks. They're still spending money. I guess that's why we're in trouble right now. So we need to back the truck. Oh, listen, the Federal Reserve in New York came out with a study, and it said, "Oh, the, the consumer spending is still robust." No, it's not. We're we're literally drowning in, in our debt. Spending, you know, it's not a good thing. If, if that was on debit cards or we were paying cash and people were running around spending, that's great. It's healthy for the economy. Right now, with inflation, with interest rates, this is like the perfect storm. And what's happening is the average household now is spending over $500 a month more for the same goods and services that they were spending on, you know, 6, 12, 18 months ago. So we have to change our behavior. We have to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here, take the foot off the gas, and stop spending. Figure out mm-hmm. where these expenses yeah. are, are going, right? We've become a nation of, <laughs> of subscription. Netflix, Spotify, Hulu, you know, we pay for all of these little subscriptions. Yes, and, and it seems innocuous. It doesn't, doesn't really hurt. You just swipe a card or you push a button. But if you put them all together, at the end of the month, some families 
are spending hundreds of dollars on these subscriptions. Every kid has to have a Xbox or, or, or PS4 subscription, Roblox, all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is when we need groceries and we don't have money, we put on a credit card. When your friends say, hey, meet us out for dinner or drinks, we put on a credit card. And that is going to continue to really add up. Look, you have to understand daily compounding interest, which means if I didn't spend another dollar on my credit card, I have a $500 balance yesterday, today it's 505. Yep. Tomorrow it's 510, 515, and it just keeps growing. It doesn't stop. So we have to figure out a way to start to pay off the debt. Yeah, it's uh, you're asking millions upon millions of American consumers that we are spoiled, but unfortunately, as you said, we're dealing with cumulative over 24 months, about a 20% increase in inflation all across the board. Interest rates, you mentioned, rent, utilities, fuel, food, all of that. It's time to start using cash. I think that would be step number one. A simple budget, put into, you know, try to figure out a simple budget. Put the cash in your pocket and force yourself. When you go out to eat, it's more expensive, 20% more expensive when you go out to eat. You're going to feel it when you put that that on the table plus the tip that might start helping because i think people feel the pain more they feel the pinch more when they use cash instead of swiping the credit card there's no doubt some people you know and we're big advocates of this you use an envelope system and you put cash yeah. in envelopes That's right. this is what i have to spend for the week or for the month uh you know People stop every single day at a convenience store. They stop on the way to work. They stop on the yes, way sir. home. The coffee. They don't realize. <laughs> That's right. That, yeah. It adds up. Coffee. Mm-hmm. They, what, you, you wind up, you know, not even finishing half the cup in the first place. And look, if you make it at home, it costs a dollar. If you buy it at the store, it costs you three dollars. So this, I'm not saying this is easy, but it's certainly not yes, complicated. Yeah. But we have to change our behavior. If we continue to, to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, that makes us insane. So we're not insane. We just have to take a step back and say, okay, look, the, the economy, the macro economy, things are going to get bad here for the next 12, 18, 24 months. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And the average consumer has to realize you have to you have to do this yourself, right? Yeah. So have a sit down with the family. If if your budget for vacation the past couple of years has been a thousand dollars to go on vacation, this year we're going to spend five hundred. Mm-hmm. This year we're not doing this. This year yes, you sir. don't get this. This year you know take a step back, make it a family affair. The whole the entire family. You need to basically you run your house like a small business. There's hundreds of transactions every single week, you know, every single month. As a family, this is what we have to do. Circle the wagons, tighten the belt, because it will just keep getting worse. Interest rates could could keep going up here. And every time the Fed raises the interest rate, your credit card interest rate goes up. (laughs) So, again, if you didn't spend another dime, if you have $5,000 on a credit card and you only pay the minimum balance, it will take you close to 20 years to pay off 5000 and you'll wind up paying back about ten grand when you add up all the interest. Yeah, sir. So if you have credit card debt, it has to be your number one priority. 
figure out a way to get out of credit. Absolutely. Laser focus on that. Paul Oster, president of credit repair firm Better Qualified. He's known as America's credit repair man. Trillion dollar plus credit card debt in our nation. It is scary. Time to get those kids out there, start mowing lawns for the neighbors and start start selling cupcakes and, and candy apples, start making some extra money. Got to find a way, get a second job, find some new source of revenue to start paying off all that debt with a trillion dollar plus debt. You, would you call this a bubble, Paul? Or at some point, you will be, if you don't change your spending behavior, you don't get rid of this credit card debt, you will be forced to stop. Can you imagine millions upon millions and millions of people who can no longer spend? They're tapped out. They can't get more credit. They can't get more credit cards. We immediately stop all the spending. Do you think it's a bubble that would create a shock in the economy? Well, there's no doubt. And I don't think, you know, uh, again, realistically speaking, that will ever happen. But look at student loans. October is coming. It'll be here in a blink of an eye. There's there's a very high percentage of students right now that are saying, I don't think I can make the first payment, let alone November, December, January, February. They have to pay it every month. So you couple that with credit card debt, inflation, uh, interest rates. We we have to change our behavior and figure this out as quickly as possible. Um, you know, and, and what you're saying is stop spending, right? Yeah. You know. Don't the market always sets the price, and these marketing geniuses have figured out a way. Do you really need an eighty thousand dollar car? No, <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if no. you need it, but you might yeah. want it because yeah. it looks good, it feels good, it smells good. But yeah. maybe you can't afford it right now. And again, I'm not saying you have to live the rest of your life like this. No, but just common sense, just common sense, debt. yeah. Maybe your ego yeah. needs it, but yeah, your ego's not going to bring in an extra 40000 80000 k in a year. you got to find a way to live within your means. All right, Paul, where do folks find you That's online, it. Paul? Betterqualified.com, betterqualified.com. Yeah, don't forget what Paul said, just Dave Ramsey-style people start using cash, put it in envelopes. This is for food, and that expensive coffee that you're using in the, or buying in the morning, yeah, you take it out of there, you see how quickly you stop buying. Stop buying that expensive coffee in the morning. It all adds up. Thank you, Paul. This is The Sergio Show. Results of a new survey from marketing firm Moby. They pulled 1,000 th- U.S. customers. They found a massive generational divide when, when it comes to TV consumption. Now, there's the traditional TV, the local TV, the local news, and the, I, call, I call them the dinosaur networks, ABC, CBS, all that, uh, cable and, and dish. And, and then there's the new TV, which is, in essence, your, your smartphone. you got YouTube and other things like that. It, it looks like the Generation Z, our kids, our, our teenagers and preteens, they have developed a, a new way to consume video and television. Standard television to them is foreign. They don't consume television. Yvonne Kisner is watching this marketing evolution, this media evolution. Do you think that this might be a death nail to local television, Yvonne? So I, I definitely think that the television, traditional television, need to reinvent itself or is going to lose consumers like massively. Uh, right now, for example, we have that I can count over 20 streaming companies, including Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney, HBO, Apple, Pico, you name it. You mm-hmm. can, we can be here counting for, for a long time. And not only they are competing among themselves, and it's a very fractionist 
space where consumers really don't pay that much attention to what is a streaming company to what is the content they want to watch. So if you add that, what you were telling about Gen Z is that they not even prefer those streaming companies. They are going for user-generated content. Mm -hmm. Their celebrities are the, the content creators in YouTube and TikTok. And so we have a very, very complex situation for marketers and for anyone involved in that ecosystem. Yeah, this is passive entertainment for them. And even my boys, my teenager, he'll, he'll mention some influencer or superstar. I've never heard of some guy out there with millions of dollars because he's generating online business and he's giving away homes, giving away cars. And he asked me about a production company and all this user-generated content that is everywhere. That's the information they get. But see, the strength of the strength of television, if done right, is local information. Somehow, when Gen Z will need local information from City Hall, from breaking news and breaking weather reports, they will eventually need to gravitate to the local TV station, that, that product, for their benefit, for their consumption. I would think that local TV, if they properly take the lifeboat online, they will be there on YouTube. They will be there on the, on, on the Internet channels for Gen Z, a more mature Gen Z to consume. Definitely. They need. They must reinvent themselves or they are going to eventually disappear. And if we look at the Generation Z, they are the oldest is 24 years old right now, which and the youngest is nine years old, but the oldest is getting into a bracket that is very interesting for marketers and brands, especially CPG companies. And uh, if they don't evolve quickly, they are going to lose the advertisers' money and they are because they are going to lose the attention of that generation. But if you you know look at that generation, it was the first generation that was really born after the iPhone was created. So mm -hmm. it's the first really digital native generation, and they grew up by um, well having the the choice to select what they want to consume actively they can go in in seconds and find exactly what they want to consume instead of searching through and flipping through channels like older generations were used to to do and habits consumption habits are formed really at those early ages so that's how they know how to consume content and they are not going to change the newest generations are going to adapt to whatever is the new evolution of that media and so is the companies, the, the, the traditional companies, content companies that needs to evolve to adapt to these new trends and new consumption habits of this demographic. I would say take a look at the professionals today, the 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, the 50-year-olds. Uh, yes, they, they consume in large quantities online media, but they also expect the traditional media to be there. See what works for them, likely that's going to work for Gen Z as well. Gen Z will at some point need to wake up and start consuming local information that is relevant to their pocketbook and their health. And I suppose they could take the metrics from the present professionals that are consuming all media and maybe apply it to them. Yes. So I, I see the, the traditional media having both. They have to create products and they have to branch out to create options for those generations and like mix them within their strategy together to 
create more longevity for their traditional media. But um, I definitely think they need to add that because what is happening is that these content creators that are appealing more to these younger generations are bringing those news to their demographics in new formats. So it's, it's not a matter of completely changing the essence of who the traditional media is. It's a matter of just reinventing it hmm. and bringing in a format that is appealing to them. You know, one potential solution I see, Yvonne, is hiring some of these content creators, some of these superstars that Gen Z follow right now. Hire them in traditional media and the major networks and the cables and all these other media outlets. Hire them to be future spokespeople, to be the faces of those networks. That way you create that bridge for Gen Z to eventually walk over after college and during their careers to eventually watch. I love it. Right? That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I say when I say they, have, they don't have to disappear or change who they are. They have to reinvent themselves, and that's a brilliant yes, way to reinvent yeah. themselves. Well, speaking of genius, uh, uh, Yvonne Kinzer, she's with Vantage Innovation Lab. You guys remember the massive marketing campaign, very successful campaign from years ago, the avocados from Mexico. Remember that? Yeah, she was part of that massive campaign and, and other great success stories. Yvonne, it's a pleasure. We'll call you again. You take care. This is The Sergio Show. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. International Air Transport Association saying that U.S. passenger airline employment is now at its highest level in over two decades. Hmm, that's, I've, I found that to be an interesting claim. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. It's just uh, I compare this to other reports that said we need more pilots. we got too many retiring. We need to hire more pilots. We need to train more pilots, all those things. Let me welcome back from Thrust Flight from the DFW area, Ray Lamas. Tell folks again what Thrust Flight is, Ray. That's right. We are a uh, flight training business here in the, at the Edison Airport in Dallas-Fort Worth. We also have a second location in Denison at North Texas Regional. We train pilots for the airlines. Uh, we have our zero-time-to-airline program, which has been seeing record business, as there is tremendous demand both from the airlines for new pilots as well as significant interest from students to become pilots. It's about a year-long program where we'll get you through all the ratings necessary so you can go and fulfill your hours requirement and then go on to the airline. We have several airline partners that we feed people into, and they are loving our product. Sure. Um, fascinating. What's the price tag for that, for the, that year's worth training to get necessary accreditation and, and licensing? Ballpark figure. Our program, our, pro, our program is about $100,000, which is basically, it's actually cheaper than a few of our competitors, but, we, uh, but it's significant because within two years, you can, in theory, 
maybe two and a half, you can be in the right seat of a regional airline with one of our partners and making close to six figures. There aren't many investments like that that in education that you can do that. Okay. So what do you make of the International Air Transport Association saying that employment is at its highest level in two decades? And I mentioned earlier all the other business reports I see that they're clamoring for more pilots and they're retiring too many pilots and we need to train more pilots. So it, they, it, the, these two stories don't seem to gel right now. I'm thinking maybe it's all an issue of of demand. Maybe we get just way too many passengers demanding more flights, and, and that's why we have all the all these contradictions and, and, and all the stress in the industry. I think you're entirely right. The demanding may be the highest it's ever been, but demand is even higher, mm. um, especially post-COVID. Um, the airlines also had some significant reductions in their more experienced air crews during COVID. They were thinking it was going to be much more a severe impact, and so that affected things. They also have a significant amount of pilots that are retiring. They're aging out at 65 per regulations. And Weren't they going to change that up in D.C., though? D- didn't you hear that one? I, I thought they were going to— It's under discussion. Oh, okay. It's under discussion up to 67. That may happen, but regardless, it's, it'll help, but not much. Um, look, Boeing itself is predicting that we're going to need 602,000 new pilots between now and 2041 globally, which is, do the math, 34,000 a year. The U.S., which is one of the biggest generators of airline pilots who have the ATP certification, airline transport pilot certification, issued 9,000 last year, which is the most ever. You can see the challenge there because a lot of foreign pilots come here to get their ATP. So there is a huge demand that is continuing on. Yeah. And frankly, there's uh, we are rushing to meet that demand here with our school. I think I, the last time that we brought this up, I think I asked the same question. Why 65 years old? Why do you force pilots to retire at 65? That makes no sense to me. We're, we have folks that are uh, seasoned and senior that are solid, many of them, and they could continue working for many years if they want. Shouldn't that be an option after clearing medical and mental checks and all that? I would agree with you uh, as an aviator myself. That I think as long as you pass all the medical checks and you can pass the requirements, they have very strict their own internal requirements and training requirements to pass you know check flights every year. I think they should be. I think it could and should be raised. But again, that's a that's a regulation that came out of our out of Congress uh, for a variety of reasons. There is some international piece here too as well that limits for international flights. But regardless, we have so much domestic demand that. Frankly, there's probably still quite a few aviators who hit 65 and would be more than happy and able yeah. to continue flying for us. Yeah, and uh, you see it, as I was suspecting, you see it, the um, exponential increase in demand that's out there. You think all of this is a result of, well, I can book everything that I want, all the flights, all the routes that I want, right? Everybody can do that by the millions of people. It's You can book flights much easier today than a decade plus ago, and, and that way... I'm guessing that's why many more people are showing up at the airport, hoping to hop aboard. I think so. It's, I mean, like many things, the Internet's made ordering goods and services so much easier. And yeah. that feeds into, yeah, the airlines. And now the airlines are putting out these itineraries, and people are basically able to be pick and choose. So it's no longer driven as much by what the airlines want to do. Mm-hmm. It's more by what people want to go do. And they have their own challenges in meeting the itineraries that are the most efficient for them versus what may not be the most efficient for people. Ray Lamas, with uh, he's in, in North Texas, Thrust Flight, training new pilots for the airline industry. 
If folks would like to find you, maybe get involved in a, one of your programs, what do they do what, online or social media? Where do they find you? You can find us on YouTube. We have our own channel, Thrust Flight. Uh, we, it's very, very popular. And also our website, www.thrustflight.com. Thrust Flight. Thank you, Ray. Have a good weekend. This is The Sergio Show.